Does this sound any different? Oh, it, it, it sounds a little bit different. Oh, well, what the listeners don't know is I'm wearing my mask of Loki from the movie The Mask over my face, and it's 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 not going to protect me from coronavirus, um, but it will make me into a zoot suit wearing jazz dancing man of chaos. It, but it it only works at night, and it's technically early evening. So, well, Chris, yeah. we all yes, wear Matt. masks. Metaphorically, metaphorically speaking. speaking and also I love that literally movie. right now we do we all do and you all should hi welcome to playlist number five of this show meet um, the new year video Same number one yeah podcast number one in the 2021 playlist is a big damn cast nerdy news geeky gossip Stuff that's fit to fill your time until that inevitable tumble towards Hades and his pitchfork of fun. Um, I'm Chris. Touch me. Ooh, not there, Johnson. I'm Matthew, the voice of Generation Watson. And we're here to ring in the new year like a Tory rings in Christmas on a little bell. <laughs> we're here to um, ring in the new year like Boris Johnson rings in a lockdown. Oh, good Lord. We're hitting you with it now. It goes into effect at midnight of the day you're listening to this. And we still will not support small businesses, even though Literally, we're Literally, like, happen. two days. Two days after yeah. he's out going, uh, I, be- I believe schools are uh, 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 totally safe. Totally uh, safe places. And they'll schools be are safe. Your, your, your children, will, they will be safe. But they will, they, 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 everything will be safe inside the schools. And you're like, Boris, it's not how safe the kids are mm. oh fogger it's what the kids are going to be bringing into a melting pot that seems to be the thing that building no one... together like and what it's going to do to the teachers yeah and the relatives of other children in this it's just it's oh almost like God. people have just oh have, have just decided to ignore the fact that children can spread viruses yep do you know what's really do you know what's just hit me at this second and it actually has made me feel really um sad what uh for multiple reasons if oh, if we don't record an episode together by early March, this show has been made remotely for a year by that point. Yep. That's so... And I know, obviously, in the grand scheme of things, that is nothing compared to what's going on in the world. But it's a, it's a barometer that I can immediately measure in my own head because it's just really fucking weird to have not spent the last 10 months in a room with you at least once a week chatting shit to a microphone. Yeah, and it makes That's me sad because... So it means I've not been able to hit you when you've gone off on one. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> and do you know what? On reflection, I'm actually quite happy with this arrangement. Um, uh, well, that's the thing. We're looking back at 2020 this week, man. Yes. Says, segwaying beautifully into the topic of the podcast. Because it's an annual tradition for us in the first or first full week of a new year to look back over the previous year and the bountiful pop cultural goods it spooned out to us and rubbed into our gums to help us get to sleep at night, as well as taking a peek into the future, like Dr. Emmett Brahorn from that film Back to the Later Times. Ah, yes, famous repatriated Nazi scientist Dr. Emmett von Braun. (laughs) Emmett von Braun! (laughs) Great Scott! Um, And we, we look forward... To what is going to come out in the new year of which we have arrived yeah. for 
as you know, and as we discussed before this podcast, people keep telling you and I that now there's a different number at the end of the year mm. that's assigned to us. Uh, the world's fixed. No, no, so it's really not. There are many things to look forward to. This, ladies and gentlemen, just I'm just going to say it now. We're starting this recording. This is being said at the start of the recording. It's not being added on after the fact. I guarantee that this episode will not come anywhere near to the length of last year's best of rest of episode, which, to be fair, had three times the opinion because it was yeah. you, me, and Charlie Boy. Yeah. And it was one of our longer episodes. It was one of um, our longer episodes. And a grand old time was had recording it. Have you gone back to listen to any of it? I don't listen to anything we do once I've mastered it. I've dipped into that one in the last week or so, just listening to I'm just fast forwarding through. It's amazing as a time capsule because it's it's a best of rest of episode recorded in the first second week of January second week of January. Very very start um, of, of January, yeah. Yeah. Uh where we look forward to the things coming out in twenty twenty. Ooh boy. Yeah. So many of those things. And which again, just we're not talking happen. about the pandemic and, and, and much worse things, of course, happened in 2020 and are still happening here in 2021, or as we like to call it, 2020 part two. But so many of those pop cultural things on our checklist of ooh, can't wait. Mm, real good treat. Haven't happened, are happening much later than originally planned, mm. or have stopped happening altogether. <laughs> It's yeah. so weird. So it's I think going odd. forward in this week's, this month's, this year's best of rest of episode, which you're listening to, hi, um, take everything we're about to say about 2021 with a fuck ton of salt. Because <laughs> we can't put our hands on hearts and say, yeah. We're looking forward to these things this year because there's no guarantee no. they're going to be this year. No. However, not. we can still bathe in the nostalgia that was 2020. And of course, and hey, I'm sure you've got a list there longer than your leg. What beautiful things happened in 2020? How many brilliant things made up the best of 2020? Come on, there's got to be multiple things head, on your mind. I can think of three. Oh, shit. <laughs> Oh, shit. <laughs> like, three things that I really, really loved this year. And, like, one of them has only just finished. So, like... Oh, and that's um, Mando, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Like, well, let, let's start with Mando, because we technically in the UK got a double dose of it in 2020. Yeah, of course. Mandalorian arrived in all of its glory... Um, fashionably late in the United Kingdom, along with the rest of Disney Plus, in March of 2020. Although that means uh, we did get six to watch months a bunch after. Of it at once. That's true. We got a lot to go. And if I remember correctly, Mando was available from day one. Like yeah. there it was in all of its gritty splendor. Well, it was. So in, it was in the states as well. It's just that um, episode one was available on day one in the states, whereas by the time it came over here, the whole thing was up, which was nice. Oh yeah, well they yeah they 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 ended twenty nineteen and went into twenty uh, twenty with with Mando flowing through their veins, but we we mm. had to wait for that thing, which was kind of cool because it was it was this collective exercise of a whole country going, yeah, we'll avoid spoilers. Let's do it. Come on, let's, <laughs> let's see what happens. Now we couldn't avoid the power of Baby Yoda. We were no. well aware of Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda is the thumbnail of last year's prediction. Yep. Episode so. 
And I'm hey, we looked forward to it and it happened and it were good. It, it were, were good. good. It were very, very good. It were a happy, happy time. We've waxed lyrical about the yeah. Mandalorian um, a lot in recent weeks because obviously we've been covering series two. But um, let's make it trivial. Let's buzzfeed this shit. Key things about the Mandalorian you've loved about it that have made you smile in 2020. Oh, I'd really love to when Dash Rendar showed up at the, at the end of episode episode 16. The fuck? <laughs> what? Oh, I remember that surprise cameo by Mara Jade. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, she was there. She was in the X-Wing waiting for Luke to get uh, right, okay, like, come okay, on, cool. husband, let's go. Cool. Um, oh. So, yeah, I... Uh... Oh, have you met my cool <laughs> space girlfriend, Mara Jade? Oh, she's so cool because she's a bad guy turned good guy. Oh, no, she's she lives, she lives in space Canada. Uh, you're not going to meet <laughs> she her. She lives in space Canada. Also known as Spanada. Hey! Um... Yeah, so uh, I mean legends. Um, uh, the Pedro Pascal um, outpouring of love that has only continued to get oh, stronger as twenty twenty has gone on. That kind of started in twenty twenty with Mando. Um, I enjoy it because the so dude is very talented. Um, so it's kind of nice because it means that hopefully, thanks to this show, we're going to see more of him in more things. Well, which is not we already have this thing. year. Well. We haven't specifically because we haven't had Wonder Woman eighty four, but he's also We haven't we haven't had twenty nineteen's Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. Yeah. 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 And by the sound of it, that's a thing that I don't know how to feel about. So yeah, I've I've heard very mixed things about it, so I can't wait to legally rent it and give it money because this industry's in the shit and it'd be hypocritical of me to pirate it. Yeah. So But I've, I, if yeah. all goes according to plan, this next year is going to be a real bumper crop for movies because we've got a lot of stuff that's been put back. Mm. And even oh, God, even if yeah. most of the stuff that's been put back goes direct to streaming, that's a We're lot of like <laughs> tentpole stuff coming in one year. Yeah. Um, many, so, many things. But, but we'll, we'll get, we'll to, get to 21. We'll get to, we'll get to 2021 as I take a bite out of this mini roll. Yeah, you take a bite out of that mini roll. Uh, mm. So yeah, I think, I think Mando just continued to be a joyful thing of like a, a thing that is loved by all because it's made by people who love the thing that they're making stormtroopers are bad at aiming and this show talked about that yeah by making a lovely joke yeah during a tense moment at the start of its eighth episode um uh, the world fell into hate over the series greatest villain that stormtrooper that punched the bag he yeah. was in in episode eight. Yeah. Bested only by Giancarlo Esposito being an utter twat Just to little Baby Yoda. Giancarlo Esposito being the best. Mm. As, but he's, mm. he's always the MVP when he shows up. So He also seems to have embraced the fact that people want to see him as a villain. Well, it's a different kind of villain as well because you, you see him as Gus in Breaking Bad and it's very restrained and menacing. Whereas mm. this is proper mustache twirly villain, I think, and the he's, next Far and he's Cry, really hamming it up. I think the next Far Cry game where he's playing out the the antagonist of it is gonna sort of sit in the middle between yeah. the two. It looks like they're going for you know, he's playing the the cartel leader 
who is very out and out of villain, but is still sort of holding it close to the chest. So it's it's going to be interesting because we're going to have this um, uh, Esposito cinematic universe of bad guys to draw from at <laughs> some point. Um, enter the Esposito verse, as as we will call it, inevitably. <laughs> but yeah, Mando give, Mando's given us some brilliant things. It's given us some gorgeous new aliens, a mix of of, of film worthy practical yeah. and. Uh, visual effects that have just expanded the Star Wars universe. It's it's realised that Star Wars is successful to its fan base when it does what Star Wars has always done, which is be a, stupidly small and insular. So it's decided to go, hey, if this is the toy box, if this is the sandbox, and yeah. it's actually only this big in terms of what we're allowed to do, we're going to pick a specific person and they're just going to journey around the damn sandbox. Yeah. And, and then we, you get a healthy mix of nostalgia and familiarity, but mostly through things that haven't been seen in the films before. Yeah, fan service on all levels, and also about seventeen spin-offs to come. Yeah, <laughs> TBC. How that ends up? Yeah, we out. Shall let's be see. honest. TBC. I'm, I'm optimistic, but we shall see. We shall yeah. see later this year, in fact, with at least mm-hmm. one of them. So. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But again, mm-hmm. we'll get to that. Um, so no. yeah, Mando was. What else? Uh, oh, well, oh, on Disney Plus, we can continue the Disney Plus theme because we also got Soul this year, mm-hmm. which I thought was really excellent. And have you seen Soul yet? Not yet. We were going to watch it a couple of nights ago, um, but we instead watched uh, Superman: Man of Tomorrow because I bought it and not watched it yet. So fair. Um, that was good. That came out last year. Hey! Well, we talked about Soul last episode, so I've not got much more to say about that, but yeah. If, I think, I think if you've Disney got Disney Plus, Plus, give it a watch. I think Disney Plus, as a topic, 2020 gave the UK Disney Plus, and it has proved to be, uh, in the words of Homer Simpson in, with regards to television, teacher, mother, and secret lover in 2020. <laughs> it helped us all get through a lot. In fact, best of 2020, can we just shout out streaming services? They um, helped so freaking much this year as an option for pop culture. Yeah, I mean, they, they saved a lot of, of stuff from not being seen. Um, hmm. which is... And just as human beings, it, it meant that, hey, you're trapped indoors, great. Although the you thing... Know, you know those countless series that you've not watched but added to your list? Yeah. Now is the time. Although... And that sort of, it's helped keep people, regardless of their effect on the industry... It's helped keep a lot of people going this year. Well, I, I think the thing for me that I found with streaming services is that I've not been as invested as much in new stuff, but I've gone back to a lot of old stuff for comfort. Mm. Oh, bit, yeah, comfort eating, food, uh, but yeah. for visuals yes. for the mind. Yes. Your brain is a stomach, and Netflix, it is. Disney+, Plus, uh, Amazon Prime, et al. are a tasty buffet. A tasty buffet. Juicy, um, salty... Savory, crispy treats, mm, but treat holes. But there were some movies that I actually saw in the cinema. That's true. In 2020. And, and to to start off our our cinematic roundup because it's oh boys and girls, it's a big one. Um, <laughs> let's take a quick peek at what are officially, as of this month, the highest grossing films of 2020. Oh, uh, this is. I wonder how many of them I've actually weird. seen. Well. Keep in mind, the previous year, you had films like Avengers Endgame and whatnot crossing the billion uh, oh, uh, yeah, gross yeah. And, and foreign and gross and everything. like g- Crossing well over 
well bloody over. No film gets that close this year. No, I wouldn't have thought so. Because you only really had till the first week of March for Mm. things to actually make any money. Well, domestically, the highest grossing movie in the United States grossed a total of 206 million plus, which is peanuts compared to the yeah. usual take for the American film industry. Well, probably peanuts year. compared to his budget, because it, it, was it Tenet? No. Oh. So here's the top ten uh, in Descending Order. You see Descending Order. Ah. The tenth highest grossing movie of 2020. Keeping in mind, this was a year where we were going to see Fast and Furious 9. We're mm. going to have um, Wonder Woman in cinemas, Black Widow and Eternals was scheduled. We had Dune coming out. We had all these big... Big tent poles, as well as, of course, just like star projects that would have had leading uh, actors that people would have gone out to see their films, etc., etc., etc. The 10th highest grossing movie at 27 plus million dollars, so not very high, but yeah. it's in the top 10, is Fantasy Island. The Michael Oh, Pena, God, yeah, um, that did come out, didn't it? Lucy Hale joint that was very poorly received. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this went, it must have gone to cinemas. When did it come out? What was the month of release? It would have been like check. February or oh, January out, dumping ground. Oh, no, this no, th- this next one came out in November. Oh. So this is a late entry. Um, I, don't, I, I haven't seen any advertising for it over here at all. So this has clearly just hit cinemas. Well, all the, the cinemas States. are closed over here, so. Yeah. Uh, Universal's The Crudes, A New Age. So the Fucking sequel to The Crudes. Hell. With 34 mil. Fucking um, hell. The Crude sequel got into the top 10 highest grossing films of all time. That's how good the cinema releases have been this year, for obvious reasons. The Crude's was beaten to the number 8 spot uh, with a 57 million, uh, nearly $58 million gross. Oh, God. With Tenet, which, of course, took the gamble uh, Yeah, summertime to be the movie to go to cinemas. Partially as a gambit from Warner Brothers to just test the water, partially from Chris uh, Nolan and all of his producers' hubris that, no, our movie must be seen in cinemas. Uh, Well, how'd that work out for you guys when you only just made back a quarter of your budget Mm. and that's not counting the marketing on top of that. So you're looking at like an eighth of its budget was made back in uh, domestic gross in the States. Yes, it came out in parts of Europe and the UK in cinemas, and now it is on home video, so it's going to be making returns now. Yes, I've been seeing many copies of it. Yeah, not many people buying them, though. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So just before Tier 3 became Tier 4 for us, my, my brother... Went to my, because uh, he's bubbling, he was bubbling with my mum and, and her husband, and he went round and watched Tenet at theirs. Oh, yeah. Like, I went round for tea and, and whatnot and watched Tenet. Because tier three bubble rules are fucking confusing everybody, but yeah, as soon as tier four kicked in, it was like, right, I guess we're all not seeing each other again. Bye! And now we're on a lockdown. Um, well, they went round to theirs, and he said at the end of it, they had to look up two YouTube videos to explain what the fuck the movie actually was about. I think there's been a. Um... An interview with Robert Pattinson knocking around where he's like, yeah, I went through huge chunks of that shoot not knowing what was going on. Yeah. Like, not understanding it at all. Yeah. Yeah. I. Yep. And that guy made The Lighthouse, so, you know. Yeah, like, which also came out this year. Yeah. Um, but it's not in the top ten. Because in at number no. seven, uh, Disney's first entry with 61 mil is Onward. 
uh, Disney Pixar. Joint. Yeah, which was a February release, I believe, end of January, beginning of February. Yeah, the, the I last, did see this in basically the basically the it was the last big release before cinemas started to close. Yes, um, it 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 entered its second week as cinemas around the world started to shut their doors. Yeah, um, and moved to Disney Plus not too long after. Um, no. like a month later, as as basically Disney going, we're never going to make back the full return on this. So yeah. let's it put part it on of home streaming, sort of... and then people stuck at home will go, oh yeah, we didn't get to see that. Oh, it's on Disney Plus. Yeah, we'll throw six ninety nine at it and watch the film. That'll be great. Let's do it. So uh, I think it paid I think off. Well worth doing because it's it's really good. Twentieth uh, Century Studios, The Call of the Wild. That was this past year. Oh wow! In February, with Harrison Ford and a CGI dog. Uh, that is the sixth highest grossing movie at $62 million. Completely forgot about that. Universal's sleeper hit, low budget success, The Invisible Man. Um, that was really good. At number five, that's uh, $70 million, uh <clears throat> domestic gross in the United States. Yeah, that was really good. Critical bomb and darling of no one, Doolittle, is in fourth <laughs> place. At 77 plus million. Fucking uh, Doolittle came out this year. Jesus Christ. Would you like to guess in no particular order the top three highest grossing movies domestically Um, in the United States for 2020? Keeping in mind that it clearly would have been, without a shadow of a fucking doubt, uh, Wonder Woman, um, Tenet, Dune, Black Widow, the Eternals would have been in this bracket yeah. in the alternate 2020 where things didn't fall apart because of inept governments and selfish pricks. came out? <clears throat> they are all... They are all, if you want a clue, they are all January and February releases. Jesus. So they're, they're all the highest grossing by default because they came out in the months where people were still going to the cinema. Um, Which is hilarious because, of course, January and February are seen as the months where films are sent to die. Yeah. Because after Christmas, people aren't going out all the time to watch films. So the fact that all the top three came out during the first two months of the year is phenomenal. I'll give you one other clue. One of them is a Valentine's Day movie. Its release was uh, on Valentine's Day in the United States. Is it Valentine's Day? (laughs) No. (laughs) No. Um, But uh, that would explain why people were maybe going to the cinema. Although, maybe that's not why they went to see it. Maybe it wasn't because it was a romantic film. Maybe it's because it was a hellish curiosity. Uh, What? What was it? The top three movies domestically in the United States for 2020. Highest grossing films of 2020 by default in a pandemic world. Yeah. Uh, Number three, a favourite of ours, Birds of Prey. With eighty four million, yes. So a DC movie, a DC EU movie, gets in the top three highest grossing films for the year. Well done, congratulations! And a good one, at that. Yeah. And, a good one and that's something that they can never take away from Birds of Prey, no. which I'm happy about. And if they try, um, I'll fucking cut them. Female writers, female director, female ensemble cast. Yep. Yes, now. Yes, please. At number two, Valentine's Day Spectacular with 146 plus million domestic gross. So, you know, 60 million more than Birds of Prey. Paramount's Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh! 
I actually did. I totally saw that in the cinema as well with Charlie. We all we all laughed at the CGI fuck ups and the creepy teeth, but my god, it paid off for these guys. It paid off for them in the weird warped world of 2020. Like a, a more empty vacuous movie there now was. <laughs> yeah, and beating that with another 60 plus million on top of it was the January 17th release, Bad Boys for Life. The three, the threequel in the Bad Boys series. That, that film fucking existed. Because it came out in January, Matt. It was released in the month where films go to die. But not this year, boys and girls. The films went to Not drive. 2020. Because no yeah. one else is going to the cinema. That's mental. I'm trying to think of films that came out in the UK as well as the US that actually got theatrical releases that we may have saw. Neither of us went to see the Grudge prequel remake no. reboot, did we? I saw Bill and Ted. You saw Bill and Ted. I, Bill and Ted face the music. I do want to talk a little bit about Bill and Ted face the music because it, that's definitely one of my highlights of the year, entertainment yeah. wise. Because it was just such a big, warm hug of a film. Like it's just such a comforting, fun, uh, joyful ride um, that just makes you feel nice inside, and it's and it's done. You know, it's it's a it's a very warm comedy without a, a shred of cynicism about it, and just good feelings all round. Like um, Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves just slot into those roles, like they've been butter, like yeah, oh, they've been like, buttered up and thrust. Yeah, they they just lubed up and slid right in, like it was. <laughs> It's like the it's like it's the the gap between this and and bogus journey might as well not exist, um, and just great, great, just it just made me feel so happy at a time of the year when I was so anxious, mm. um. So if you've not seen Bill and Ted Face the Music, it is well worth tracking down, um, just because it'll just make you feel nice and it. There is a subplot with a. Uh, <laughs> they take they do a take on the sort of emotionless kill machine robot assassin, which is piss funny, <laughs> and I will say no more than that. I I, I appreciate that. I think, gonna, I think we're just going to be buying it and binging the trilogy. Yeah, it's, I think it's, that's the way we're going at the moment. It's well worth it. It's it's very 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 good. Um, and yeah, just exactly what I needed at that point in my life. <laughs> Do you know what's really, really bizarre? What? Looking at the list of film releases, there was still a couple hundred films that came out in US cinemas this year. Yeah, because well, the thing is, the US is so big mm. that a lot of their cinemas just didn't close, and then some later on, some states just reopened anyway. Yeah. Um so it's a real fucking weird it seem, one. Seems to be mostly central um not central America, but like central North America that have done it. Mm. Like the east and west coast seem to have battened down the hatches and gone, nope. I mean Broadway closed in like what? March? Yeah. And then announced later in the year that they definitely are not opening till at least mid twenty twenty one decision pending. It's just so, not it's just not feasible. Yeah. So you know, your New Yorks and your LAs and stuff went, 
yeah, no, that people are gonna die. So mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna keep this stuff closed. Like Hollywood, the land of movies, yeah. closed its doors um, to to exhibitioning their exhibiting their their wares, um, and yet other parts of America got to watch, um, you know, Antebellum and uh, Artemis Fowl on limited screening. Oh, I totally wanted to see Antebellum actually. Should look that up. And uh, SpongeBob the movie Sponge on the Run got a brief theatrical release. And it's just like, <laughs> why are you all luring families out to cinemas right now? What is wrong with you? Please stop. Um, capitalism. Capitalism. Do you know what else came out in 2020? What? Vidyagurms. Oh. Now- <laughs> oh, no. Vidyagurms, Murphyur. And, um,. Many, in fact, over the course of, of the year. Garm journalism. But one that definitely kicked off uh, 2020 in a, in a fun way. And and I hope, considering um, I'm partially responsible for this, I hope brought you some comfort and escapism, was the sequel to Doom 2016. Oh. Doom Eternal. I really enjoyed Doom Eternal. But I Would you like to explain to the boys and girls? This year. It, it came out... Around the time we officially were like, yeah, we're we're just doing this remotely now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, Start of the first lockdown. Um, Explain to the uninitiated what the fuck Doom Eternal is. Um, (laughs) Well, you know that game Doom where you just kill a bunch of demons and it's really stylish and cool? Yeah, sounds sounds familiar. And and metal as fuck. Yeah. Well, it's that, (laughs) but more. More of it, you say? Yeah. Um, there was a little <laughs> bit of backlash to it when it came out because some people felt it was a bit too finicky. Like they'd added too many systems because part of what Doom 2016 sort of built on the classic Doom formula with was a sort of resource management of like having to keep moving to uh, keep your health and your armor and your ammo up because yeah. you just constantly, you couldn't hide there was no, there was no time at which we were going to be able to hide. Um, the, the the levels were built specifically like that. You just had to keep going forward and 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 shooting and killing. Um, so you had to stun enemies to get glory kills to get health back. You had to, if you would lower ammo, you had the chainsaw. You chainsawed them, you get a bunch of ammo back. And it was that sort of loop of resource management on top of this right frenetic combat, which made it just a joy to play, and. Doom Eternal sort of doubled down, doubled down, doubled down on that, um, with uh, like a, I did a flamethrower, like a shoulder-mounted flamethrower for getting armor bonuses and just working on like weak spot synergy and and things like that, and but all the while just throwing more at you and being bigger and more enemy types and fiercer enemy types. The only misstep I think they made was the Marauder enemy, like sort mm. of mini boss who is a fucker to fight and you fight him too many times in that campaign but i see what they were going for and i respect it um but as a whole i thought doom eternal did a really good job of building on what they did with doom 2016 i haven't touched the dlc yet because uh our friend charles is still in possession of my copy um so but your voice, your voice broke toward the end of that sentence in a way that suggested you you wanted 
the Doomslayer to hold Oh, uh, no, because I've got... Um, you miss his warm embrace. I've his got, spiny, armoured embrace. I've got plenty of other stuff to play. The early birthday fairy brought me a copy of Final Fantasy VII Remake. Oh! Which is... Christopher, it's on two discs. Why? It's a, we're in the Blu-ray age! It's a hundred gigabyte minimum install. Fucking hell. <laughs> Just so get Jack knows what I'm going to play. It's like that. three gig, and it's hours of fun. <laughs> well, I've been playing. I've been playing Prey recently, the 2017 Prey. Yeah, um, the, not to be confused with the other games, also called Prey. Yes. But yeah, it's it's the what the one that's basically like Bioshock meets the symbiote. It's System Shock Three, essentially. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and as someone who loved System Shock Two, um. I'm really fucking digging it. But that's not a Twitter Twitter game, that's just an aside. Um, But yes, that was... Doom Eternal came, and it was good. And I saw that it was good. Uh, What else (laughs) came out in 2020? Animal Crossing New Horizons completely passed it by. Which was nothing either of us played, but I've got to give it a shout out, because the amount of joy that game brought out this year. Yeah, and people love... it sold out the Nintendo Switch in multiple territories mm. because it was in the first lockdown and people just started... They were like, well, I've not got a console and I've always wanted one and this Animal Crossing thing looks fun. And they just bought a Switch and Animal Crossing bundles or bought the Switch and ordered Animal Crossing. And for the majority of the first lockdown in the UK, the Nint- I mean, to, up until like August, yeah. the Nintendo Switch at first hand, you know new Nintendo Switches and for a while the Nintendo Switch Lite mm. were not available because Animal Crossing saved people's sanity for the first lockdown. And Basically. Really, it helped people go out. Like, you went out. You went to an island that you created and using codes you could visit other people's islands and send I messages just... to friends and, and meet strangers in, in a safe, non-creepy way where you're just like being cute little animals. Tom Nook is the true MVP. Of, uh, 2020 he's the only person to actually profiteer from it in a way but another beautiful far off magical land returned this year and you did yeah. get your your claws into that one tell us don miguel tell us of the sword and the shield oh, that didn't come out this year tell us of the dlc for the sword and the shield that's pretty good yeah <laughs> um <laughs> Hey, part, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. Part of me was like, another DLC came out this year. Pretty fucking sure Sword and Shield came out. Nope. Uh, nope. Tell me of the DLC, Matthew. <laughs> Sword and Shield came out like <laughs> end of 2018, I think. Um. Uh. So <laughs> he's blown away by the mere thought of Surfetched. You like Pokemon? Yes. It's more of that. What? <laughs> it's a, what is this witchcraft? It's a yeah. pair of new big areas to explore. They bring loads of old Pokemon back. They add a couple of new one of new legendaries. Mm-hmm. It's Pokemon. It's good Pokemon. I don't know what I don't know what more you want from me at this point. It's twenty twenty. More Pokemon. Pokemon. If you know, <clears throat> you know if you like Pokemon or not, and if you like Pokemon, the Sword and Shield DLC. It's pretty good. Happy to announce this year saw a lot of re-releases and ports of mm. games to, especially the Nintendo. Nintendo Switch was the biggest winner this year of getting more in its library, but uh, even Definitely. Windows and Steam got hold of a bunch of new stuff. Um, it warms my heart to know 
that uh, back in June, more people will have fallen in love with Persona 4 Golden. Mm. Came to Windows. Great game. Um, oh, Absolute it's so classic. Wonderful. It's so bloody wonderful. I love it so much, and I blame you and Charlie for getting me into it, because, I mean, you literally got it for me. So, yeah, that happened, and I freaking love it. And when I close my eyes, I hear the music from Persona yep. 4. Um, it Not, follows like, me around. The battle theme is excellent. Mm, but let's be honest, which is the best one? Every day's great at your, your Junes. Um, <laughs> that is fucking... Oh god also the shopping channel one but that doesn't play like for long oh that is great that is really good you're on it like once a week in game time and it's like, oh i just want to bring up persona 4 soundtrack on spotify now it's a jam i've still not um, you know what's really annoying i bought persona 5 at the start of the year and i've still not cracked into it i wanted to play persona 5 and then i realized it doesn't have chia in it so but then it well yeah but then i found out then I found out that it's part of the PlayStation Plus collection on the PS5, and I'm like, oh. shit. Because, like, when I get the PS5, I'll have access to it immediately. Oh, for Christ's sake. I Don't guess I'll just play it, it twice. Uh, we'll get to the PS5 stuff. Uh, but also, uh, this <laughs> Fallout, Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout took the world by storm Completely this year. Completely passed me by. Uh, I, can, I can speak of Fall Guys. It is embarrassingly simple. Yep. But the fact that it was, anytime I'd play it, me and 40 other people <laughs> panicking and running and those little bastard beans, Matt. Those little beans. <laughs> it was it was one of the most addictive things to come out this year. It, and because of its simplicity, it's it's bullshit. It's, but it was a wish fulfillment. And a year where no one could go anywhere, no one's applying for something like Takeshi's Castle, a total wipeout. <laughs> so you can do it from home as a little bean. As okay. a little bloody bean. Which then, the twist. One of the developers revealed how big the beans are. They're six the foot, Matt. Six foot beans? They're six foot beans. They're not little beans. Those we didn't beans. fall in love with little beans. We fell in love with giant mascot men. <laughs> Oh, but I've got it, I, it. It like Animal Crossing. Fall Guys. Fall Guys did things for people this year, and th- those things, they were good, and they were very much needed in a yeah. depressing year. Totally. Um, jumping ahead a little bit more. Uh, I'm not giving this. I'm not giving this game a best of 2020. Okay. But I had so much fun tearing it to fucking pieces on oh, stream. Oh, here we go. No game on my Twitch stream, or indeed in my like Twitter mentions, has united people more than Avengers. Marvel's Avengers by mm. Square Enix and Crystal Dynamics. But not united over our love of it. <laughs> united over our collective disappointment, shame, and upset for this piece of shit. And as a result, one of the best times I had on stream this year was completing this because I was trying to complete the story out of sheer spite. I was yeah. like, nope, we're getting to the end of it. I've spent we're good money on this. Yeah. I pre-ordered this son of a bitch. I am going to get to the story and then decide what was worth it and what wasn't. Um, and what really sucks is there's some there's some shining things in there. Kamal yeah. Khan, great. Black Widow's playstyle, hands down my absolute favourite. Um the way the characters are performed in the story is fine, but Kamala is a standout and works really bloody well. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And then you've got the final boss fight. The entire final sequence, the last like 40 minutes against Modok is brilliant. Like it's a really good six stage boss fight where every character's portion is is like wonderful to play. Getting Modok and, is, you know, fun. Yeah. And then you go into the war table. <laughs> what a piece of shit. Um, Kate Bishop's available and her story's available. I've yet to load it back into a PlayStation to play it, so that'll be interesting. Flog your copy and buy yourself something else. No one's going to buy it, Matt. The price has already dropped. Um, it's it's already happened. But I will give a shout out to surprise sequel, Crash Bandicoot 4. It's about time. That was another highlight for me this year. Oh, Never yeah, okay. before have I played a video game that has made me feel like a piece of shit. And not emotionally. Like, I get three, four levels in, and Crash Bandicoot basically leans out of the screen and looks directly in my eye and says, Hey, Johnson, you're shit at this. <laughs> Book up. And <laughs> that doesn't sound like a good thing, but no, it geez, it made me realize, like, no, 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 Batman. I have to I have to crack on with this. It's been challenging and fun and and I I'm pleasantly surprised by it and I think the team at uh, Toys for Bob uh did an amazing amazing job taking up the license and and yeah. after they worked on the kart conversion for Crash Team Racing and stuff like they they just they did a great it is a super difficult platformer but very rewarding to finish and probably Which means I'll on a technical level <laughs> On a technical level, the best game in the Crash franchise. Yeah, probably. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's high praise. Uh, my recommendation, if anyone's curious as to what I'm talking about and how, how much it is somehow a highlight of 2020, but also a bitch to to play, uh, go watch Cadicarus's video on it where he tries to get everything. The Platinum <laughs> Trophy in the PS Store, uh, in the PS Network, but also every Platinum Gem, Hidden Gem, Old School Crash Style. Uh, it, it's a phenomenal piece of work and worth the release of the game alone. Um, as far as video games go, before we close off video games, there's one I definitely want to bring up. Yeah. Uh, which is a PS4, PS5 cross. Yeah. I played, I played it on four, but there are folks out there playing it on the five. I know what this is. And you've been witnessing it in your own home as well, which is... Already uh, witnessed it. Marvel Spider-Man, Miles Morales. Um... Sorry, it's... just a quick aside. Keeks, how long did it take you to finish Miles Morales? <laughs> Started playing on the 27th. Oh, God. And I finished it the other day. So, less than a week. About a week, yeah? Less than a week. Yeah. From start to finish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. all side quests and stuff you want. Yeah. So yeah. All side it's, quests it, and everything. It's an Uncharted yeah. The Lost Legacy length uh, semi-sequel to 2018's Marvel Spider-Man. Um, but, that but wasn't I was, like, it or anything. no, no, oh, no. Storytelling, voice acting, animation, design, craft, combat, um, boss fights again. Like it was, oh, it was so much fun. And I, I bought the PS4 copy for two reasons. One, I wanted to play it, mother truckers, and yeah. two, it means that when I put it in my PS5, when we get one. It will be PS5 ready. Which so must have been can... their excuse for charging so fucking much for it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, a Fiddy Plus price tag in most uh, most retailers for it. Like, but Fair enough. When you think of it as technically two copies of the game. 
Yeah, but it isn't if you're buying a PS4 copy, is it? Because it you is. can't play you're, the PS5 copy unless you're you've got buy, PS5. You're buying, you're buying the PS5 copy that also works on your PS4, albeit at a lower res. So. No, no, you're not, though. You're not. <laughs> you're buying the PS4 copy. This is why I haven't bought the, the PS5 Batman Beyond. copy isn't on the disc. This is why I haven't bought the Batman Beyond Blu-ray uh, set, because when I bought the Batman the Animated Series Blu-ray set, it was when it was 60 quid and came with the Blu-rays and a digital copy of everything in the Blu-ray yeah. set. And Batman Beyond came out at 60 quid without digital copies, and I'm like, right, well, screw yeah, that. Yeah, because Ultraviolet's gone now. Yeah, well, yes, it is, but Google Play started to show up in a few physical media releases now. They've added Google yeah. Play codes. So they it did it's migrate sort of it all to Google back. Play, I suppose. So. Yeah, uh, which is hilarious because I started doing that with all my ultraviolet stuff last year, and my browser was logged into Big Damn Channel at first. <laughs> and I'm glad I checked because we now randomly on Big Damn Channel under purchases have Argo. <laughs> Just randomly on Big Dumb Channel and uh, all my other movies are under under my channel. It's like, God damn it. Ah, uh, go um, fuck yourself. <laughs> uh, special shout out to uh, the PS5 and the Xbox Series X and Series S for creating one of the most enjoyable moments of 2020, which was Sony and Microsoft respectively fucking up their orders so badly and demand <laughs> so badly that the world unanimously went, you fucking serious, guys? I, know, I think Series X availability was better. It was better, but it's still like pre-Christmas. People were um, hampering and hankering for both generations. They couldn't get hold of them. I and did... as of this recording, early January, neither of them are available on mass, if at all, in the mm. United Kingdom. I a think... lot of disappointed children at Christmas and parents who didn't stay up till three a.m. that fateful night back in October. I think that's one of those things. Of I, I certainly Sony were quite upfront about being yeah. They're not going to be that many of them because look at what's happening. Mm. Also, so. scalpers. Also, scalpers and thieves. Scalpers went into overdrive this year. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I I got a I got a package from a uh, you know well known delivery uh, service, a uh, well known um, rainforest themed online retailer. Yeah, uh, <coughs> and it was a large box. In fact, I'll show you the I'll show you the box in question. It's quite a large box. Oh yeah, that's a, that's a big fairly, box. Fairly big box. The box it came in was another a box around it because it's a collector's item, and then then it came in the package box. The package box. Um, the the proportions of the box were roughly the same proportions as a box that would have contained an Xbox Series S and some accessories. Oh. Uh, when it arrived at my door, it arrived with a clear tape seal across it with open flaps like it had been hastily sealed together yep inside the box containing that box was open and bent yep the thing i bought luckily unopened untouched undamaged but somewhere in that transit yep. someone had opened it out of curiosity to see if it was perhaps the console and accessories i just mentioned and that is really fucking awful. I um, were I you, Christopher, I would have raised a dispute with the retailer. I but... sent a thingy to the rainforest uh, uh, non-cafe, and uh, have yet to receive any response other than like, "We have received your complaint, and it will be what's it did." Mm. But I think ultimately, because my actual product was left unscathed and indeed in mint condition, it's probably not going to go anywhere. Uh, I might get a voucher or something. I don't know, or an apology. I ain't getting a refund. That thing I bought—they no. ain't refunding that. It's very expensive. Oh, so, <laughs> yeah. 
I'm, I'm pretty. Um, and there's a review of it on my YouTube channel. But anyway, the point oh, is... Oh, no! Um, oh, yeah! Uh... Before we uh, move on from video games, is there any notable music that came out this year for you that tickled your pickle? Nope. Same. Okay. Uh, well, <laughs> well, to be fair, the only two musical things that really kind of grabbed me this year that, that woke me up were um, both uh, announcements of 2021 releases. Okay. Uh, which was um, Alice Cooper's upcoming album. Mm-hmm. And... The other day, uh, just before the year ended, Ghost having wrapped up their yes. current, their current quote unquote story arc in their tour at the start of the year, uh, put out a nameless ghoul, aka Tobias Vaughn, not in his role as uh, Papa for Papa Emeritus the Fourth, Cardinal the former <laughs> Cardinal Copia. Um, Basically put out a message saying, we know everything's been crap. Please don't mistake our silence for ignoring you all. We're working on something awesome. We want to make 2021 the best we can and and, and bring some joy to people who are looking for something as a distraction. We will be in touch soon. And so also, like, we've oh, been cool. busy suing this vodka company. So oh well, that's been that. taking up our time. Yeah, uh, Linkin Park reformed this year to work on a project. Interesting. Um, yeah, we don't know exactly what it is yet, but bassist Dave Farrell said that they're working on new music, uh, and she couldn't. A track that was originally recorded in 1999 um, came out back in August, a version of it, hmm. uh, which is going to be uh, included, or has already been included, I've not actually seen the UK distribution, on a 20th anniversary edition of Hybrid Theory. So okay. they're definitely, they're at least producing um together yes i think it's very likely they're probably going to finish up stuff that they were working on um, yeah i'd imagine chester there's Bennington, bits of, uh, of, of chester stuff mm. that they've not used similar to what queen ended up doing with some of freddy's stuff towards the end yeah um, uh, system of a down yeah. also confirmed this year that they are making new music it they released actually track. happening and they released some but specifically for charity. Yeah. All the proceeds are going to charities. The thing that has united them again and actually made them, because they got together like five years ago. They got back together five years ago and they've just toured and done yeah. festivals. And every time they've been asked, are you doing new music? Are you going to do a new album? Because their last album was the double album um, Hypnotize and Hypnotize yeah. back in 2005. Um, they've yeah. basically, each band member's given a different response every time. But the common denominator is they just they can't click anymore writing they keep falling out over ideas but they love playing together and doing their catalog which you so can tell like, when you listen to the new track um yeah, they don't click over ideas anymore yeah but this is at least a sign that maybe now they've stretched their their limbs a bit we might actually get some new music from them like properly who knows honestly i think um, they peaked with uh they peaked with toxicity like Hypnotize and Mesmerize is one album's worth of ideas stretched over two. Yeah, I'm I'm an apologist though because like, that's when I fell that's when I fell in love with them and also yeah. also um I I'm one of those weirdos that likes uh, Chili Peppers Stadium Arcadium so <laughs> again like, half an album's worth of good ideas stretched out over two. <laughs> uh, as far as music in 2020 goes, the uh, the biggest winner of 2020 uh, was uh, WAP. Anyway, hey. um, for just causing up so much of a stir and a confusion and <laughs> controversy and and related to like, that though, love and and wonderment. <laughs> Not related to WAP, but related to music. Should can I bring a bucket and a mop? Can we talk about Hamilton? 
Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. File this under Disney Plus and music, folks. Yeah. Um, yeah, Hamilton became available to people who don't have hundreds of dollars yeah. in their back pocket. <laughs> available to sudden. people who are not rich. Yeah, or not able to sit there on the lottery afternoon waiting for a ticket draw. Yeah. Um, yeah, Hamilton came to Disney Plus and as a result went straight back into the Spotify charts and the album charts and the iTunes charts because people were visiting and re-revisiting and re-re-re-revisiting that, that album and the mixtape alike. Yeah. Um, I, went, I, was gonna, I was putting off seeing anything from it until I could see it on stage. But when this year happened and the yeah. Disney Plus version became available again a year early, it was going to be a 2021 limited theatrical release, and they got it finished. Well, it was already finished. I guess they just did whatever they needed to do, and they put it out early. They flipped um, the switch. Yeah, and so I get. I went. Yep, sod it. I'm watching it. I f- I get the hype, man. I yeah, fucking fell in love with it. It's spectacular. Um, and also, aside from the show itself. The production of the film version mm-hmm. is also a great example of how to shoot a stage show for um, theatrical, distribution theatrical distribution or home um, release. Yeah. So I hope that after this pandemic, we'll see a a rise a in rise this? in that being done mm-hmm. because it just makes the show more accessible. And I, I mean, don't some, think some, you're eating your audience. Yeah, some musical theatre can adapt well to, you know, the film format. Some can do that and belong there. Like, I love Little Shop of Horrors, but I, you know, I wouldn't say the film loses anything. I'd say the no. film is a But even, is like, great the take, filmed but... versions of the stage show, I think, yeah. don't necessarily... Because I, I know that there's a sort of... The idea that, oh, well, they're gonna... It's gonna consume our own audience because... um you know, but then they're not going to come and see the stage show. It's like, well, it's not because they're different feelings. And also, hmm. you get the show out to more people, which increases its cultural cachet, which uh, makes the whole theatre as a whole more accessible, which I suppose is what some people don't want because there's, a, there's definitely an elitist um, oh, yeah. bent to some of that stuff. But how many people were able to see Hamilton because it was on Disney Plus that would never have been able to see it on stage and who now as a result may go do you know what next time it does come up we're going to put some money aside yeah we're going to try and get a ticket we don't care where we sit we just want to see it yeah and be there be in the room where it happened you know it, it's <laughs> and it gets like concert films if you if you you know we've got like ramstein we've got a bunch of their live gigs on blu-ray yeah that's that's not going to stop lou from going to the ramstein gig that she's she's bought tickets for do you know what I mean? She's yeah, because seeing see it recorded it in the room is, and, and is not there. the same as seeing it live. So I don't. I I hope that people are going to sort of understand that you're not cannibalizing your own audience by doing that. So yeah. I hope that leads to more of that. But yeah, Hamilton, it's incredible. Let's talk about TV. TV starting with the British television. Doctor Who series twelve opened up the year. Spyfall yeah. uh, kicked off uh, twenty twenty. It was mostly um, pretty good. I dug I I dug series twelve. Yeah. I I think um I think I liked it more than series eleven on the whole. I still think series eleven contains the best of this era so far. But series twelve gave us some beautiful stuff. It gave us Sasha Dewan's master. Yes. Um it gave us uh Sagan Akinola's incredible score developing even further. Yeah. Um it gave us uh a Shard, the lone Cyberman. Uh, it gave us Cyber Time Lords, which is the most yeah. extra thing I've ever seen. 
And it gave us uh, Joe Martin's incarnation of the Doctor. Yeah, it did. Which is a fucking excellent addition to the show. Yeah. Um. So big, big ups to uh to to Doctor Who series twelve for kicking the year off right. Um. Brief spoiler-free thoughts on uh, Revolution of the Daleks, the New Year's special that came out technically in twenty twenty one. So we won't go into it. But uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. It's, you it, it, yeah. was, it was. Yeah, I watched it on on uh, I watched it on New Year's Day. It was fine. The more I think about it, the more I dislike it. I'm struggling but, to but have there was, any yeah. strong opinion about it whatsoever. In, there, there was enough blockbuster fuzz yeah. on that initial viewing that I was like, yeah, I came out of that but I'm also, fun. I had a good time. On reflection, I'm like, is, is Doctor Who always this cheesy and I just didn't have, and I've just lost my taste for it? Or is this even no. cheesier than normal? It it's this era's tone. Like it's very some of odd. the some of the dialogue and 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 gags were just like oh. Chibnall um, Chibnall handles his monsters really well in his era, yeah. especially the classic ones and how he revisits them. Resolution and this one furthered uh, how scary the Daleks actually can be by picking one element of them. In, yeah, specifically in resolution, the uh, the Dalek mutant and what the mutant is capable of. Yeah, um, and he's done that in the main series as well with uh, with the Cybermen with a shard. The idea of people who see what the Cybermen have to offer and like, yeah, I'm up for that, and only go halfway through it, and it's it's a mix of what happens when you take a serial killer and the tech of these emotionless robots and put them into one thing. It's mm. like, there's some great ideas. Same with Moffat. Moffat found ways, less so with the Daleks, but with the Cybermen and stuff to make them work on their own yeah. and unique spins. One of the best Cybermen moments of the modern era for me is Amy versus the severed head in the Pandorica Opens. Yeah, like, that's really good, actually. It's so good. And, and when it opens up and a skull just drops out and it starts clasping the faceplate like it's trying to bite her. It's it's so interesting. Um, and, you know, that that's, that's why I wanted to give Series 12 a shout-out because there was enough of that in there. That yeah, there's like, interesting yeah. stuff in there. Yeah. Um, a few episodes I really didn't care for, but mostly it was an entertaining uh 10 weeks on yeah. saturday nights yeah. especially spyfall part one and two that was an absolute blast yeah that was a, a real belter yeah yeah um shout out toward it not because it's the best of 2020 but it just fucking perplexes me that this is even a thing um the masked singer started in the uk this year that's all we need to say about that moving on i just have to ask you from no a point of view of, a, of another person who absorbs popular culture the fuck is the appeal? Nope. I don't Not get even it. getting into it. Like, just, let's just ignore it. Watching a bunch of judges just go, who could it be? I don't know. Like, how is that a... Uh, it, talking about it is not going to make it any more understandable. Just ignore fair, it. Fair enough. Ignore um, it. David Attenborough's A Perfect Planet um, is coming this year. It was announced last year. So something I just want to mention before it's forgotten because yeah. everything he's essentially produced over the last year has been eye-opening and fucking heartbreaking. Um, and people really need to start listening to him. Like, yes. They really, really need to start listening to him. Yes, they do. Um, 
spitting image return this year to middling reactions uh, because again, that's all we need to say about that like yeah because, it happened because essentially um <laughs> essentially you can't parody politics anymore no you can't do it it's, can't. it's impossible to do um although if you haven't seen it, do look up the clip where the current Tory cabinet summoned Thatcher's ghost to help them with something. <sighs> that one... No, that one does actually slap, and partially because they do bring back the original voice actor and lean heavily into the vibe of the show that people fondly remember. It, it's As a skit on its own, it works very, very well. Uh, what also worked well this year is people uniting over television to uh, distract themselves going back to doctor who the doctor who watch alongs uh, led by emily rose of yes. uh, dwm uh, happened this year which resulted in a bunch of bonus material made by writers and actors from the show and the stories yeah, that was themselves neat. i didn't really get involved in it but it was neat i did a cu- i did a couple of them there, there, there was as of this recording there's been more but there was there was a good like Probably good, like fifteen of them initially, but there was so much good stuff to come out of that, including Russell T Davies releasing and then writing, respectively, a, a prequel chapter to Rose that is yeah. written for the fiftieth anniversary magazine. That because it showed the Eighth Doctor's regeneration, he was politely asked to write something else because they were revealing, obviously, in the lead up to the fiftieth, how the Eighth Doctor regenerates. But he released it as a prequel chapter to the Target novel for Rose and then released an epilogue chapter to the Target novel, uh, which suggests what the Nestine consciousness did next. And that's great. Oh, yeah, just, yeah. They, they yeah. did a New Earth uh, watch along, I think it was, where it was New Earth and Gridlock. And again, Russell wrote a sequel with the actress who played Novice Haim reprising her role to talk about Novice Haim's final days as she's passing away. Um, and, and all the people that take care of her in her last days and, and make it as peaceful and quiet as possible. And then she gets one last visitor who uh, is is voice acted by the actor reprising the role in a surprise little cheeky bit of um, uh, doctors getting involved in the, the watch-along stuff. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. There was a lot of great stuff to come out of that, um, including previous show right, showrunners and whatnot, Moffat and... and uh, T. Davis and whatnot writing short stories for the Thirteenth Doctor on the Doctor Who website, sort mm. of tie into it, and it was that sort of stuff was fun. Who who brought a lot of comfort this year, even when it wasn't on air, which was quite nice. Yeah. Um, what else came out this year? I'm just sort of trying to scroll through on the British TV. Not too many uh, landmarks on British TV outside of just shows. Nothing I really watched. Like yeah, outside so of, nothing outside I can really of, talk about outside of shows just switching themselves up so that they could continue this year um they a lot of, lot of places made that work and you know kudos to them fair yeah. enough um as far as american television <laughs> don't know about you i've barely watched any new american shows but i've been glued to american news <laughs> uh i've not watched any new american stuff i don't think i started on lovecraft country and then just fell off it because the thing that I've found hardest about this year is taking joy in anything. Yeah. So my media consumption has been actually pretty low, despite having nothing but time. Well, that's for you. Um, know, that's, I, I understand that. For me, it's been a weird comfort keeping an eye on American news, because no matter how bad shit got over here in terms of the political side of stuff, um, 
it's been weirdly comforting to see that we haven't been dealing with the worst. I know we're still. I send love to our American. I send um... love to our American listeners, but thank you for your accidental reassurance to me and my brain. I think things could be more complicated. I've not enjoyed that Schadenfreude as much just because I don't want it to serve as too much of a distraction from the shit show that's been going down here. Yeah. Um. So, but yeah, I I I can see why that would be. Uh, I'm I'm amusing. I'm a nasty man. Uh, I'm a nasty well, woman. I'm a nasty woman. I'm a nasty, nasty girl. Stu- there's some nasty stuff been going on. So I'm a nasty girl. I'm not going to sing that song. But um, should we talk about what's coming? Okay. Because I've got what nothing else. What the to fuck about. is coming? <laughs> what's coming? What's coming out, Matt? All the stuff. What that is coming? Should have been coming out this year. For one thing. Again, everyone, so, take it with a fucking fistful of salt. Um, These are things that, as of the recording of this podcast, are expected to or have been announced to be coming out in 2021. So things that I'm particularly looking forward to in 2021, however they end up being released. The meteorite that's going to wipe us all out. Dune. Yes. Yes. Oh, God, yes. I'm not on board with... um, the any HBO Max complete... up a fuss about it not being released in cinemas. Because... Oh no, not him! Not another no. Oh Nolan. yeah, yeah, he's kicking oh, up a fuss for about God's it. God's sake! Do you know what? Um, I'm so annoyed. I'm going to crack open this cake like... selection box and I'm going to oh, eat no. Cadbury's rose cake bar out of Ooh, annoyance. Very nice. Um, <laughs> he's just like, oh yeah, it's not going to be successful if it doesn't. If it if it doesn't come out in cinemas, the film's going to fail. It's like. It's, there's more important things in releasing that film in cinemas. Oh, like, is that how you feel, Mr. Villeneuve? Okay. Just can get we put it the re- Can we put the release back then to 2024? Do you want to do that? Yeah. Do you want to do that? Well, no. Right, well, shut up. It's going to streaming and rental. Just get it out Fuck there. Fuck you. Recoup oh. some money on it. Get people, get, if people like it enough and stream it enough, there's more chance that it'll make a sequel rather than the sort of sunk cost of holding on to this finished film. Mm-hmm. Um, and like then I've that's going to delay and, all, and, all these things that are coming to streaming just give them limited theatrical runs Yeah, when it's safe and people who will have watched it at home will definitely go yeah I love that film go on let's go watch it what Black Widow's out for that one weekend let's go let's go do it Like yeah. it's 2023 we can go to the cinema now let's go watch it in a cinema yeah yeah I would I would, I would be more than happy if Black Widow didn't come to the cinema if it yeah. just came to Disney Plus I don't know if I'd pay the uh, the premier access for it, but I'd probably wait. But you know, and you know, we've got a bumper crop of uh, of MCU stuff coming this year. We've got Black Widow, uh, which was supposed to be this year, which was last year. Sorry, we've got the Eternals, which was supposed to be um, last this year. Just gone. And uh, between them, we're getting Shang Chi and the Legend yeah. of the Ten Rings, and uh, and, and possibly Spider Man Three. Possibly yeah. they're filming it. Right now, so yeah, and who knows what that's going to be because the rumors coming out of that thing are fucking disastrous. Oof. Um, we shall see. We shall see. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for the for the for the MCU stuff. Really excited for the MCU TV this year though, because we mm. in, by the at the end of this week, by the time this podcast is out, I think the day after this podcast comes out, the first episode of WandaVision comes out. I think so about a week off, January fifteenth. <laughs> Yeah, about a week off. 
Oh yeah, yeah, I'm a week off. This but, comes out on like January um, the seventh. Yes. No, I'm thinking a week ahead. It's it's because it's the end of my week off. That's why it's, it's when it's out. Um, uh, yeah. So I what think a way to finish your week off. Hey. So I think that's going to replace the sort of Saturday morning event uh, for for me and Keeks that we had with the Mandalorian. It's going to be one division. And then you'd have to wait long after weeks. WandaVision finishes to uh, get, Cap- to get uh, uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, which again, just interesting to see how these characters shake out outside of the films with more room to breathe, with the stuff that um, Disney have been doing with their TV. Uh, I'm, I'm going to With guess... added Wyatt Russell. Yeah, added Wyatt Everything's better with Wyatt Russell. Um, gotcha. uh, if you're looking for a really stupid Christmas movie, The Christmas Chronicles 2 is on Netflix if you want to see if you want to see this is a sentence I'm about to say if you want to see Kurt Russell and Goldie Cla- and Goldie Hawn play Santa Claus and Mrs. Claus you can see that in the Christopher Chronicles part 2 on Netflix I'm not saying it's good just saying it's there if you want it it's if there if you want it if you want that in your life <laughs> it's there it's an option. All you have you know? to do is take it. But it's, what else you it fucking exists. doing? It's lockdown. Watch it. Yeah. What, what else you doing? Keep Christmas um, alive in your heart all year round, Scrooge. You've got to be a true believer. Um, I, 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 We should talk about those movies at some point someday, but now is Fair the enough. time. Um, Loki. Loki rolls just, out shortly after that, too. They're just fucking wild. Uh, what, what's out after that, sorry? Loki rolls out shortly after Falcon and Winter Soldier as well, based on projections. Yes, of course. So we've got three big shows coming this year as well. So it's 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 going to be a... There's a lot of really good stuff. Um, oh, potentially really good stuff that I'm looking forward to on, uh, on Disney Plus with that. I think also this year we're getting Star. So that's the... Yes. Sort of yeah, that's hitting Disney Plus. So we're getting a bunch of Fox new programs. Stuff. Um Available through um, Disney Plus's new arm, but that's um, the, I don't think there's any new stuff for that this year. I think it's going to be archive I th- stuff. I think what we do in the shadows is aiming for a late 2021 third season release. Oh, so that might come to there instead of BBC over here, maybe. Yeah, or both could come okay. to both. They okay. are an exclusive agreement in the UK, I guess. Uh, also, we'll be capping the year off with uh, the book of Boba Fett. He says, yes. rubbing his rubbing his Mandalorian tits. I'm wearing a Boba Fett hoodie. Mandalorian um, chest, Mandalorian cuirass. My, uh, um, my 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 T my T pose mask is oh, prepped that's, and ready. That's um, horrifying. Thank you. Um, um, so yeah, that's that's something to look forward to because yeah. fuck me, Mortimer Morrison in that role is is not a bad thing whatsoever. Nope, nope. I'm loving it. Just, it's I, a good thing. I just generally like Tamura Morrison and having Tamura Morrison and Ming Na Wen like lead up a show. Like two middle aged actors of colour. Yeah. Leading right. leading a popular yeah. franchise characters um next chapter. Please. Yes, yes please. please. Yes, please. Uh, while we're at it, while we're at it as well, um if we're talking about just things to look forward to in twenty twenty one, here's one that we don't know anything about. Much like the book of Boba Fett, like yep. you know the basics on that. Um, we don't know what the hell the new generation of consoles games slate is going to look like this year, but I've got to say I'm excited for it. I've got to say that teasers, I don't care. Well, I, well <laughs> you clearly don't have that Christmas love in your heart, Matthew. Maybe I don't, you need to watch the Christmas Chronicles what, two again what are you so with ex- the subtitles on. What are you so excited about about the new generation of consoles? 
more the potential of this and generation then. because what we've got so far uh from it has been oh okay this is what it's capable i mean Mars Morales seems to be like the head and shoulders winner for for the launch of of the PS5 for example as as far as like people going that that's amazing that's mm. that's the dog's bollocks but it is and i say this as someone who adores that game and loves it it's one of my favorite games of last year it is an extension of what the previous generation was capable of yeah and i think Graf- the other, graphically the other game, it got to show off the other game that you could sort of hold up as an example of that is the demon souls remake but, but even again, then, that's like, a remake it's, of it's an older game, yeah, yeah. like brought back um, to life. So, what's what's going to happen in the first full year now that the console's unshackled and, uh, and nothing? Well, because the problem you've got is maybe a working version of Cyberpunk at some point. Uh, that'd well, be, that'd be nice for everyone. The, the problem you've got is that all the studios have been working under the the sort of shadow of COVID, so it's not going to be really. Isn't that the next entry in the Souls series? Yeah. Uh, it's not really going to be until 2022 that we start uh, after a lot of these places have started to, you know, staff up to full capacity and be in the studio more that True. we're going to see the real benefit of it. And in terms but, of like release slate, it's so vague that it's difficult to get excited about anything because we don't know when any of it's coming. But that does mean that 2021 <clears throat> will be the year where they confirm what's on the horizon, which at this uh... point. Which at this point, yeah. as a sad little consumer of media as I am, uh, has me rather has my appetite whetted. I think that's um, like, that's, be, that's being excited for something to be excited about. Yes, because which, which at this point, Matt, that is about as certified a twenty twenty one release as anything we've mentioned. Doesn't excite me as much. Uh, um, also, the Suicide Squad, but that's a given. Um, yeah. Really. Oh, the film? Yeah. Oh, the film, oh, yeah. Oh, fuck the yeah, game. The no, screw the game yeah. to hell. I'm talking about the film. Yeah, the film, <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Give me the suicide. Give me James Gunn's The Suicide Squad. Put it in my eyes. Give um, me give me uh, the MCU's and Troma's James Gunn's yes. The Suicide Squad. Those two. And give it to me now. Two great tastes that taste great together. You could put Guardians of the Galaxy on one screen and Super <laughs> on another screen and play them into your face and and just sort of like get a, get a get a, mm. a teaser of what the Suicide Squad's going to be like. That's I imagine that's a hell of a double bill right there. Um, <laughs> Super's such a great movie, aren't we? It's it's um, yeah, fucking nihilistic as shit. If you um, love Elliot Page, maybe don't watch it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. If you yeah, love Elliot Page, don't watch it. Um, if you love Rain Wilson. And that can get you through possibly something bad happening to Elliot Page's character. Give it a try. Um, yeah. But yeah. And and most importantly, shut up, crime. Shut so, up, crime. Indeed. Uh, <laughs> um, I'll so tell you what good. I'm really excited for next year. This year. Uh, slapping me. And there isn't a firm. Well, that's good. Well, it's gonna have to wait until there's a vaccine. Um, hey, hey, I will. I will get an Azorb. And walk to your house again. If, if it means you can, you won't be able to slap me, but you can slap the Zorb down the street. Going to put you in a big hamster ball and roll you around. Um, so, <laughs> uh, do not kink shame me. There's no firm release date for this yet, and I love a firm release date. But I believe production on it has wrapped, um, and it is coming at some point this year to Amazon Prime. Oh. And that is uh, the first season of The Wheel of Time 
Yes, uh, based TV on the adaptation. Yeah. Uh, with a hell of a cast. Um, both recognisable names and less recognisable names, including the, the sort of lead uh, young character ensemble as basically all unknowns. Um, great. I just heard, just heard your editor there whisper a note yes. into your ear. I was... Thank you. For, I'll get to that. Um, it... <laughs> fucking hell. Uh, so... <laughs> Don't speak unless you're spoken to. Oh, don't kink shame. She's gonna, she's gonna get me for that. Um, <laughs> so, for those who don't know, the Wheel of a Time is an epic uh, fantasy series uh, by the late Robert Jordan. Uh, later volumes were uh, also co-written by Brandon Sanderson after the death of Robert Jordan. Um, it's fourteen books long. That's a lot of books. Of which I have read four. That's a lot of books. They clock in at around between 800 to 1200 pages each in Jesus paperback. Christ. Um, Amazon Prime have taken on the en- the unenviable task of bringing it to screen. Um, the basic, as basic as the plot gets, is it's a group of youngsters uh, leave their their home village to go on a grand adventure to de- defeat a ancient evil and dark lord and learn magic and do other things. Basically, it's a, it's a ensemble cast show that's going to be traveling across a big fantasy world. Uh, there's going to be magic. There's going to be monsters. There's going to be uh, stupendous things, um, but it all starts uh, at some point in 2021 on Amazon Prime. Uh, the big cast announcement was that Rosamund Pike is heading up the show as um, Moiraine, who is the sort of mysterious um, A.S. Sedai, who's that sort of universe's uh, magic users, uh, who sort of kicks off the, the plot when she visits uh, Emmons Field. Which is the village that the uh, the main sort of ensemble cast of kids come from? Um, like I say, all the the sort of ensemble cast of teenagers, young unknown actors, real diverse cast. Um, they've started teasing, uh, really neat way actually. They started teasing this the show with sort of uh, behind the scenes ish. Um, looks at bringing certain like iconic props to life mm-hmm. like there's a sword with a heron mark on it um then they tease that they sort of showed that going from uh production sketches to the final prop uh one of the characters is a is a is a gleeman which is a is sort of bad and they showed the sort of again the evolution of from concept sketch to final prop of his guitar his uh, his like it's um I'm really digging the book series. I'm really excited to see it come to the screen. Um, the screen, and just to see, it's not going to be like dark, sexy Game of Thrones. It. It's going to be more Lord of the Rings. It. It's going to be um, for lack for lack of a less crass term, more unashamedly geeky, more unashamedly uh, fantastical. 
Yeah. Um, and it, I think it's odd that, that Amazon Prime have got that and Lord of the Rings. But of the two, yeah. the one that I'm actually interested in is Wheel of Time. Even as a Tolkien fan, I don't see what they're going to make with a Lord of the Rings TV show that I'd be interested in. Because if it's about stuff that isn't Lord of the Rings, why is it called the Lord of the Rings? It's going to be four hours of Tom Bombadil distracting people. <laughs> no. No, I do not want to visit your jungle hut and get high with you and your wife, Tom. <laughs> For those listening at home playing the audio home game, Matt used finger quotes. <laughs> oh, Goldberry's your wife, is she, Tom? Is that what you two are doing here? Um, Tom? Tom? Bumble so yeah, that's deal. that's actually my big thing of 2021 that I'm looking forward to is the Wheel of Time show. Um, everything else can just kind of appear when it appears, and I'll I'll make do. You'll absorb it accordingly. It'll happen when it happens. Um, there's nothing else that I'm really really excited about. Do you know what I'm excited age. about? What having not read them, so this could be the worst thing ever. Email. Okay. Okay. We've received some dirty um, emails. Yes. Uh, one we've got that we sort of skipped over. So apologies for this. Um, but, Don't apologize. Uh, Never apologize. Man- Never look back. Never surrender. Where we're talking a li- talking a little bit about Mando, but also talking a little bit more about um, fandom in general. This one comes in from Dan. Hey, Dan. Dan. Uh, and Dan says it's been a while. How's it going? I have a topic that I'd like to hear you discuss. Uh, Quick spoiler warning for Mando in this email, but, you know, we've talked about Mando already. Um, Whilst trawling through the various Lego groups I'm on on Facebook, I saw many jokes about the Razor Crest being destroyed in The Mandalorian. I love the face you're pulling that now, Chris. I wish people could see it. Um, I've still not seen... It's all for you, <laughs> it's all for you I've still not seen the show yet but I'm not asked about spoilers however there were a lot of angry people leaving comments saying too soon and you should have a spoiler warning and my immediate reaction was that it sucks for someone to accidentally have something spoiled like that but then I thought if I really cared that much about spoilers I obviously wouldn't go on social media where I know there are people talking about it so my question to you two and even yeah. the viewers is where do you stand on this issue and have you ever had something horribly spoiled for you? I stayed away from anything Marvel related on my Instagram feed before I was going to see Infinity War and got sent a meme by a friend that showed Bucky turning to dust and that was a bit of a kick in the cock. Jesus. Um, another thing I've noticed is my attitude towards Doctor Who spoilers. In the past, I've always been eager to find out what happens, but saving it for when I see the episode. This year, though, I'm all over those set photos and talking theories for Series 13 on the Shabocast. Shameless plug. Um, listen to the Shabocast. <laughs> it's just a great name. Really good name. It's a good name. Um, if, you've seen the good photos, name. if you've seen the photos, what are your thoughts? If not, do an impression of Alan Bennett saying, I'm a past master at the double entry. Thank you, as always, for keeping me sane and happy. Dan Rings. Um, no. I have been one who's been privy to seeing the images in question, but you cannot bring the notion of an Alan Bennett impression forward without me leaping in with both hands like Mrs Miggins at number 16 eagerly charges into a tin of Quality Street to pick apart the green wrapper and taste the sweet nougat within. Can we just not with the whole Alan Bennett? 
something something double entendre. Um, anyway, so <laughs> let's uh, move, let's leave Alan Bennett behind. I have seen the series thirteen filming picks because they, unlike the last two years, have been filming outside more. Kind of have to really, and they have to. That's the thing; they've had to film outside more, so it's been inevitable. Uh, I'll, without giving anything away, I will say the things that maybe things we've seen before in the show possibly look fucking great <laughs> um and that admittedly has made me intrigued and excited to see what 13 will bring um but i'll say this as far as spoilers go my opinion is this accounts official accounts for these things that have big followings and obviously big revelations yeah. twists etc should not post about any significant twist or announcement or whatever necessarily for at least a couple days themselves yeah. the official accounts they should give that courtesy window because if those social media accounts attached to the projects actually cared like the people making the show or the yeah. film then they would show that courtesy because they would want people to experience it for themselves but there's still a a, a little window before they then get involved in the conversation themselves as for people posting about stuff online, I think it's just common courtesy to be vague for at least yeah. the first couple days. Or if you're on a, a a site or such that allows it, spoiler tag. Mute keywords, mute yeah. tags, yeah. But I would just say But when you put like you when you're composing a post, like if you have the option to hide spoilers, mm, hide the spoilers it. when you post. Like of course that's gonna depend on where you where it is you're posting, but but also, it's down to individuals. And I think one thing we've all learned in 2020 is, despite there being a lot of good people in the world, there are a lot of absolute fucking shitholes Oh, in the there's world. probably more bad than good at this point. If you want to see something that you know is going to get talked about, you kind of have to make a mental note that the day it's out, maybe for a couple of days after, you'll need to not be on Twitter. Yeah. You need to not be on Facebook. Um... People should be more courteous, and majority of your friend groups probably will be. But you kind of can't rely on them. But to you can't be rely courteous. on them, and you can't rely on um, other people to not share a thing that they don't know you're aware of. I mean, for um, me, I'm not like hugely bothered about spoilers. A lot of the time, if I'm spoiled on something, it can actually make me more curious to see it. Yeah, but I think that, like, I think that should but, be your decision. But that's like that's if, my yeah. that's my approach. That's not so like if, like if you it, weren't so. fussed about Star Trek Discovery, for example, you weren't fussed about it, but then you saw a spoiler about it that made you go, "Do you know what? I might actually go back and watch like this series. Or I might go yeah, and watch that episode." Then that's fair enough. But if it's a th if you say if say you wanted to tune into Discovery, you'd avoid social media at least on the day of. I mean, you've here's a great here's a great question. You and Keeks have yes. treated Mando Series 2 as a Saturday morning cartoon. You've watched it on a Saturday morning rather than the Friday of its release. Yes. What did you do on a Friday when it came to avoiding Mando spoilers? Um, well, I have the kind of good grace of not being able to use social media for a good chunk of Friday anyway. Because <laughs> I'm in but work. When, but when you uh, get home, what, what stopped you instinctively just... going, phone unlock, Twitter, oh, shit. I think I just follow decent people who don't <laughs> post spoilers. I think I'm very careful when I'm scrolling through. Um, and I'm just, if I see anything that's like, oh, I just scroll past it. 
But I, I, I wasn't really spoiled on any of the big reveals. Mm-hmm. Um, aside from maybe, oh, this is what Ahsoka looks like. But again, there is so much fan art of Ahsoka. Yeah, you're kind of anticipating the character's arrival, and well, it's not even you, it's not or, even or that. It's just like couldn't see whether it was official or just. Yeah, I I'm not created. sure if I saw an official Ahsoka picture before I saw the episode or not because there was just so much fun out of there. But it's like, but nothing. I didn't really go out of my way to avoid spoilers. I just was like, if I saw something, it was like, oh, this is. I'm like, okay, I don't need to read that. Then we'll just move past it. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of where I where I landed on it. Um, Mute keywords, don't follow dickheads, uh, and if you know a thing's coming out and you're going to watch it in that first couple days, just don't log in. Don't do it. Don't log in. Don't look at it. Don't do it. Um, don't do it! Come on! Stand back! We have got a little contribution to our best of rest of. Oh, beefy. From good old Ian. And Ian says, um, this email is long. 2020 was trash. So that just cuts to the chase. My top three films of 2020. One, Jojo Rabbit. Two, The Lighthouse. Three, Wonder Woman 1984. Fair enough. I forgot to talk about Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit was Excellent. What? Was that a 2020 release? Yeah, January. Or was it a 2020 home media release? Oh, yeah. Uh, God, for the yeah. UK, January 2020. Yeah. God, that's true. Um, excellent, excellent film. If you haven't seen Jojo Rabbit, go and see Jojo Rabbit immediately. It is just stupendous. Uh, the Lighthouse is fucking weird. But if you like that weird stuff, go for it. You'll enjoy it. Um, I haven't seen Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. How did you watch nineteen eighty four, Ian? You naughty boy. Ah, um, ah, Ian. Ian has cinema connections, so uh, of course, based on his area, he may have got to see a screening. So, um, honorary mentions. Uh, onward, uh, Birds of Prey, or the Fantabulous Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Uh, <laughs> sorry, New Mutants didn't make the cut, but I'd rather rewatch that than most other X Men films. <laughs> Oi. Yeah, we didn't see that, did we? Um, no, no, we didn't. Uh, it, I didn't really get a release, I don't think. No, like but it's, it's out there. Just, it's it, the it's out there now. We're gonna get to it eventually. <laughs> eventually, <laughs> new episode of that mini series coming soon. Yeah, we're gonna have to do that soon. Um, <laughs> top twenty twenty one films which might be in cinemas this year if cinemas even exist. Um. <laughs> Free Guy. Yeah, the Ryan Reynolds video game I, movie. I'm I intrigued. think I'm going to hate it. I'm intrigued. I think I I'm going to hate deny. it. But I, it's difficult to get me with comedies. <clears throat> yeah, American comedy movies are, for the most part, shit. If it's... If modern it's, American comedy movies. We're not talking about, you know, your Ghostbusters and your Trading Places, etc. We're talking about modern American comedy movies. If it's all pitched the way it is in the trailer, I think I'm going to hate it. Um... Cruella, because of course everyone needs a prequel. Uh, the Suicide Squad and Ghostbusters Afterlife. Oh my god, yes! I'm everyone forgot about Ghostbusters Afterlife. I think they made the right call. Early on they just went, yeah, we're taking ourselves off the slate. Yeah. And then at some point, casually, Sony said, it's coming out in 2021. I was like, okay, sure. Uh, I, 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 it's probably going to be crap in it. Um... I, I hope know, it isn't. I've got, I've got a good vibe. I hope it isn't. But 
We'll see. Uh, top TV shows of 2020. Uh, the Mandalorian. Yeah. Uh, who didn't buy the child slash Baby Yoda slash Grogu merch? They consume products from our Disney overlords. Technically, they shouldn't really win, but as the UK got both series in 2020, it counts. This is the way. Um, the Good Place Season 4. Even though... Yeah, that even, wraps up this year, doesn't it? Even though we were, maybe still are, in The Bad Place in 2020, just like The Mandalorian, I was very tearful watching the finale to this show. It was fucking brilliant. Um, <laughs> I didn't watch it. Keats watched it. Enjoyed it very much. Uh, what We Do in the Shadow Season 2. Of course this was this year. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, thank you, Charlie, for reminding me this show aired while listening to Best of 2019, Rest of 2020. Um, finest moments of Season 2 have to be the whole Jackie Daytona episode with Mark oh. Hamill. Um, Jackie, Jackie Daytona. Regular uh, human bartender. Regular human bartender. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> and um, the orgy, the, the witch's coven. Um, yes. Yeah. And the, <laughs> the sort of reveal that, that Laszlo has probably slept with every European dark-haired woman in the world. And Nando. Um, <laughs> As one does. Hello, Judith. As one does. Um, <laughs> Rick well, and Mort- obvi- obviously, how is he supposed to tell them apart from Nadja? Obviously. <laughs> uh, Rick and Morty season four, part two. Yeah, then, the UK UK received that like a bundle at the start of the year, didn't it? Uh, mainly because of Never Ricking Mortar, aka the Story Train episode. Love the balls to the yeah. wall craziness, back to parodies, return to form for latter season four. Mm. Um, and also Harley Quinn. Season one. Yeah, got its uh, UK release this year. Still no news on when the UK is getting season two. The rights are probably all up in the fucking yeah, ether because all of over HBO the place. Max. Uh, like The Mandalorian, the first series technically aired in the UK in 2020. I don't mean to be crude, but Harley Quinn's baseball bat could absolutely greet the inside of my skull. Uh, <laughs> that's a reference I appreciate, you swine. Honorary mentions... <laughs> <laughs> honorary mentions go to Avenue 5 which I didn't care for but I'm glad Ian enjoyed it uh, Doctor Who season 12 Hilda season 2 and The Hollow season 2 yeah. um, 2021 TV shows I'm looking forward to Mandalorian season 3 which I technically don't think we get until 2022 I think yeah. we get Book of Boba Fett first but we'll find out One uh, Division, Loki possibly more Rick and Morty uh, possibly more Harley Quinn and possibly Love, Death, and Robots? <laughs> Maybe things possibly in the I, future? I feel this is the first year a majority of the TV shows are online only. Yeah, kind of. Uh, and that's all they wrote. Ian. Um, <laughs> so yeah, let us know, gang, what you're looking forward to in 2021. Whether it actually ends up materialising or not, we'd like to know anyway. Yeah. Uh, you can do that, of course, at uh, BigDamnContact at gmail.com, or you can tweet us at BigDamnCast. We'll be here again, same time next week. Uh, same back channel, or wherever it is. If You, yes. you might listen on different formats. Uh, the, Friday, the day after this comes out on audio, uh, Adventures in Backlogging will be starting up again uh, on Friday evenings initially, just Fridays. Uh, I'm not sure if I'll do Mondays again as well, or if I'll do a different day. I'm trying to work it out to fit in my schedule. But Fridays, Friday evenings, we'll be doing some more adventures in backlogging. Your adventures uh, in yak Adventures in yak-logging. So we'll be back with uh, Kratos and Atreus this weekend. We're back to uh, Dueling can... God of Wars! Yes! 
Hey. Um, and you will see that. You can see that over at twitch.tv forward slash Big Damn Stream. Big Damn Stream. Uh, and of course, if you do find yourself in a sudden windfall and you want to send us a couple of shekels to help keep the lights on, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash Big Damn Cast. We'll see you next week. Hopefully, things are going to get better soon. But until they do, we'll all be miserable together. Now, fuck off. Hi, everyone. <laughs>